When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the weekend, so relax and listen to some stories the whole family can enjoy. That's right, it's the Saturday Story Circle, here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audience. The Saturday Serial, Part 2 The door to the crime lab burst open as if propelled by the force of an explosion, which in a way it was. Standing at a workbench not far away, August Fenwick did not flinch or look up at all from the microscope into which he was peering. He knew from long practice that the burst of energy that rocked his underground lair was actually his lovely wife, home from an evening of solo crime patrol with something on her mind. He fiddled unnecessarily with the focus of his microscope because she had once told him it was terribly attractive, though it was possible she might have been joking. Hello, darling, he said as if he were just noticing her presence. Did you have a busy day? Don't start with me, the flying squirrel said, flipping up her goggles and pulling back her cowl. Her hair emerged from confinement like a startled crimson sheep that had possibly been struck by lightning. He had seen it a thousand times, and it had never failed to win his full attention instantly. He pushed back from the table slightly, placed his elbows on the table, folded his hands before his face, cross-fingered, and considered the random magnificence of it all. She closed her eyes and seemed to be counting to ten and doing it badly. "'I don't want to hear about my cowl head,' she warned. "'Do you know what I think it is?' he asked, ignoring this. "'I think that back in the day, before we ever would admit to thinking such things, removing the cowl was like getting a very little bit undressed in front of me.' "'Gus!' she scolded, scandalized, but in no way trying to make him stop. It seems to have formed a permanent association, he continued. I can't do a thing about it. She ran her still-gloved fingers through her hair quickly as if that would help. Well, you don't seem to be trying very hard. He nodded in agreement. Why, where's the fun in that? She wrinkled her nose in frustration. Gusworth P. Fenwick, I am trying very hard to maintain some extremely righteous indignation right now, and you are not making it terribly easy for me. He spread his arms wide in a grand gesture of apology. His coat was off and over the back of a chair, and his sleeves were rolled up as they always were for lab work. But as always, he still wore the red gloves, to say nothing of the mask, and she had never really understood why. She did not ask because it was a good look, and she did not want to make him stop. "'What has provoked your high dungeon this evening, my love?' he asked. "'A little preview of tomorrow's episode of Mask of the Red Ensign, that's what,' she said, balling her fists up so tight that her knuckles cracked one by one." He paused. Was that tonight? he asked. I'm sorry, kid, I got wrapped up here. The masked man gestured to the laboratory equipment before him. I think I've cracked what Archangel's men were trying with those gas bombs. I think they're searching for a formula that will react with our anti-magic gear and allow them to detect us when we use it. They aren't there yet, but they're getting too close. I think it's time we put an end to this. You don't even want to hear about the movie, Kit was plainly annoyed. They're calling you out, Gus. 
This week, they as much as said that keeping a secret identity was cowardly and unpatriotic. The Red Panda looked up briefly, but without fire in his eyes. Is there any way for me to prove my patriotism by getting into a public slap fight with our own government? He asked rhetorically. The War Office wants a tame superhero to pose and boost bond sales. If it keeps them out of our hair, why not, I say? There are at least two papers in town that are already implying that this Red Ensign and the Red Panda are really one and the same guy. That doesn't bother you? He shook his head. We're not in this for glory, remember? In many ways, our job was simpler before we had the glare of publicity. An official pretender might just be the best thing they could do for us. She folded her arms indignantly. And what happens to this poor schmuck when the local supervillain union paints a target on his head? Or some crazy tries to make a name for himself by taking you down and he can't tell the difference anymore? The Red Panda seemed to consider this a moment. He's a grown man, an agent of our government, selected for this purpose. If he chooses to put himself in harm's way... Kit shook her head. Is this the same guy who goes all grim and growly when a real superhero comes to town? He raised a single finger as if making an important point. A real hero is bound to interfere and to put others in danger in the process, he said. I can't allow that. She reached into a pouch on her utility belt and brought out a folded piece of paper, holding it up triumphantly. Great, she said. Then we have a date for tomorrow afternoon. He crossed the room and took the paper from her, knowing better than to step on her moment. He unfolded it and found it to be a handbill, emblazoned with the picture of his pretender and the headline, Meet the Red Ensign, live and in person, this Saturday. That's quite a lot of exclamation points, he observed. They're having a public rally, just in time for when the Saturday cereal crowd gets out. Selling victory bonds, she snorted. Every bad guy in the city knows exactly where this clown is going to be and when, including Archangel's men, who won't care if it's you or not, as long as they can destroy a symbol which is right up their alley. And there will be hundreds of innocents in the line of fire, he said, picking up the thread, many of them children. Someone is bound to try something, and I can't allow that. Kit smiled at last. There it is, she said, grim and growly, just like he ought to be. Jack Stern signed his 43rd autograph of the past half hour, and at last the crowd of VIPs backstage were satisfied. The handlers and press agents began to whisk the small crowds back into the auditorium, where they would exit the hall the way they had come in, and allow the Red Ensign a few moments to clean up and slip away. The live appearance had been a triumph, and he knew it. A display of athletic prowess from the country's new masked hero, and a short patriotic speech in support of the new series of Dominion War Bonds. It didn't sound like much. But in Stern's hands, the crowd was worked up into a genuine fervor. That was what he could bring to the table that none of these genuine crime fighters could. Charisma. Stern smiled again at the memory of the lights, the cheers, the applause, to say nothing of the enthusiasm of his superior officers in Operation Daring Do. He reached the door of his dressing room backstage. Stern knew that at one time they had wished to enlist the actual Red Panda into their efforts, but now the job was well and truly Stern's. He could feel it. There was no need for the Red Panda at all. He opened the door and stepped into the cool darkness within. Close the door, commanded a voice from within, which Jack Stern obeyed without thought. For an instant all was dark and quiet. Stern felt for a light switch and clicked it on. A row of light bulbs around the mirror flickered to life, casting a warm yellow glow over the room. The room was too small for the man with the commanding voice to hide, and he did not seem to try. Even without the mask and gauntlets, Stern would have known who his guest was. 
Jack Stern, the voice intoned with another worldly quality that sent a shiver down Stern's spine in spite of himself. If you're here for an autograph, the VIP session just finished, Stern said with as much bravado as he could muster, and you need to buy at least a hundred dollars in new bonds to qualify. The blank eyes in the guest's mask seemed to narrow, which Stern would have thought was impossible. He was going to have to get Major Finn to learn that trick and provide him with a mask that could do the same. That would play well in the sticks. I knew you were a fraud, Jack Stern, the Red Panda said gravely, but I didn't take you for a fool. A fraud, Stern bristled. Did you see that crowd? Did you hear them? Do you have any idea how much was raised in support of the war effort? People cheer like that for a hero, Red Panda. They cheer when they believe. They also cheer at a circus, the Red Panda agreed. You are a very fine dancing bear. That doesn't change the fact that you put all of those people in danger today. Nonsense, Stern said, removing his own red gloves and domino mask as he did so. Athletic feats, settle the motorcycle riding on stage. What possible danger could there have been? The kind of danger one is in when one gets too close to a man who has painted a target on his own back and doesn't have the skills to handle it, came the reply. I have skills, Red Panda, Stern barked indignantly. I have skills that a hero needs today. The power to reach people, to instill pride, to appeal to the power of a patriotic nation to band together for the good of all. Thank you, I saw the show, the man in the mask said with mild amusement. You did? Stern blinked in surprise. The Red Panda nodded gravely. I may have missed some of the nuance. During your gymnastic displays, the Flying Squirrel and I were overhead in the lighting rig, chasing down a sniper sent by the Archangel Gang to put a hole in your head. They don't care how much of a fraud you are. They know the value of symbols as well as you do, especially dead ones. You don't frighten me, Red Panda Stern began. Let me finish, the masked man interrupted. We missed the motorcycle display because we were below the seating, stopping an ad hoc group of former henchmen from setting off a thermite bomb to cook your audience alive in seconds. These weren't even proper supervillains, you understand. They were bit players who worked for Kid Chaos, the poet, the genie, all out to curry favor with their former masters by humiliating the Red Panda, whom has become rather publicly confused with the Red Ensign and the impossibly large target on his head. That wasn't my idea, Stern protested. Those newspaper articles, it doesn't matter, Mr. Stern, the Red Panda snapped. If the War Office thinks there is value in this pretense, I am in no position to prove otherwise. If you wish to inspire the country with your deeply fictional exploits, then so be it. But when you set yourself up to be a symbol, you make yourself a target, and you can't surround yourself with crowds of innocent people at well-publicized events. Somebody is going to get killed, and soon. Stern thrust his mask and gloves into the pockets of his coat and gathered the rest of his belongings hastily. You know what your problem is, Red Panda? You're not man enough to step out of the shadows. You're still fighting the battles you've been fighting for the last ten years, but the world has changed. The battle has changed. This fight takes men who are willing to step forward. Leaders, not lone wolves. And you may not have the skills to be the hero this country needs, but I'll be darned if I'm going to let you get in my way. Jack Stern pushed the door open and slammed it behind him. No one followed him. As he walked quickly down the wooden staircase to the main floor, his footfalls were the only ones he heard. He threw open the stage door and stepped out into the alley, heading for the waiting car, and all of his focus was still on the mystery man who had not followed him, rather than on the thin, rat-faced man waiting in the corner. Hey, Red Panda, the man called, thrusting his right arm forward as he ran towards Stern, a pistol in his outstretched hand. The gun rang out three times, and Jack Stern, the Red Ensign, knew no more.
Not a Nazi, not a supervillain, not even a D-list henchman, the flying squirrel said an hour later on the rooftop high above. Just some skell trying to make a name for himself by killing a superhero. The red panda said nothing, but did not take his eyes off the spot where Jack Stern had fallen far below. The squirrel continued. They're keeping it quiet, she said. They've canceled the rest of the Bond tour already. The official word is the red ensign is on his way to active duty in Europe. I'm sure we'll get regular updates on his exploits. The red panda looked up at his partner and raised an eyebrow. She shrugged. I don't mean to be a cynic, but they've put a lot of effort into establishing the red ensign. I expect they'll aim to get their dollars worth. Maybe someday they'll have somebody who can wear the mask for real. But if not, they won't let the little thing like reality stop them. She touched the red panda on the shoulder gently. They'd have got him sooner or later, red panda. And it isn't like you didn't try to warn him. The red panda cast his eyes out over the rooftops, the setting sun bestowing an auburn glow over the city he was sworn to protect. I wasn't thinking about the warning I gave him, squirrel, he said. I was worried about the warning he gave me. You have been listening to the Red Panda Chronicles from Dakota Ring Theatre. The story was written by Greg Taylor and read by Clarissa de Nederlanden and Greg Taylor. Support the creation of more stories like this. Visit patreon.com slash g-r-e-g-g-t-a-y-l-o-r or look for the links in the show notes. Thank you. Love old time radio? Yes! You know absolutely nothing about old time radio. Also, yes. Then Madison on the Air is for you. Follow Madison, a modern day makeup influencer, as she zapped back into the golden age of radio. Every episode is standalone with a wide variety of genres to choose from, like detective noir. You put the dick in private dick. Superheroes. So I am in the body of the green hornet. Westerns. Saloon fight. Now this is a western. Sci-fi. Dude, the Martian's got a freaking heat ray. Plus classic characters. Toto. Oh, I gotta get that dog into an obedience class. Really digging Dracula's OG goth style. <gasps> what if I killed freaking Sherlock Holmes? And many more. Actual old-time radio scripts adapted. It's like if the MST3K Rift Tracks guys were in the movies they riff. Start at the beginning or jump around to any title that grabs you. New episodes premiere the first of every month. Find us wherever you get your podcasts.